and welcome to a special bonus episode of Talking Law. I am Sally Penny, barrister at Kenworthy's Chambers in Manchester, and I am the founder of Women in the Law UK, an organisation which is passionate about supporting the next leaders in law. And some very exciting news this month is the Women in the Law UK Charter, which has been launched to celebrate and mark 100 years since women were allowed to practice law since the passing of the Sex Disqualification Removal Act 1919. We have introduced the Women in the Law UK Charter to ensure the future of women for the next 100 years. To apply for the Charter, firms and organisations have to actively be trying to bridge the gender pay gap in the legal profession, actively promoting well-being and wellness, actively promoting retention of talent in the legal profession, actively be promoting progression of BAME women, actively encouraging male ambassadors and male champions, actively support Women in the Law UK activities through membership, sponsorship, hosting, sponsoring, mentoring, offering work experience, and of course trying to work on this gender pay gap. To apply now, go to our website, womeninthelawuk.com. For this special episode of Talking Law, you'll hear from Paulette Maston, counsel in the capital markets practice at Linklaters in London, Magic Circle firm, where she advises corporate trustees, other service providers and companies on a wide variety of capital market transactions, including Islamic finance. She's also the chair of the Black Solicitors Network. I asked Paulette about her route into the law. My journey or, or route into the law was somewhat unconventional. Oh, good, um, we like it already. <laughs> I, I actually started out in the field of investment banking, um, working with the, the swaps and derivatives team of a, a foreign investment bank. Okay. And I actually thought that um, financial markets was where I would establish and grow my career. Yes. And that was until... An opportunity arose for me to um, assist with a House of Lords case involving derivative contracts that the bank had entered into with local authorities. Mm. And that experience really piqued my interest in terms of you know, how to apply the law to transactions and the implications when, when things go wrong. Yes. Um, and you know, with the law, as I then discovered it, and in particular commercial law, I, I, I thought I'd found my, my vocation and calling, yes. uh, if you will. So I left the bank. Um, this is sort of high stakes because it's not as though I, I had a training contract for a job to go to no. uh, or even knew very much about uh, training contracts and the whole process. Um, but I left the bank to, to pursue postgraduate uh, uh, legal studies, eventually setting my sights on joining a, a commercial law firm. Yes. And with a, a great deal of perseverance and uh, determination and applications, uh, there were many, yes. uh, and a few interviews, I um, was fortunate enough to secure a training contract with leading global law firm Linklaters and haven't looked back since. Wow. Uh, and can I ask you, you know, as a black woman, I can't imagine there were many lawyers who looked like you when you were starting out. Uh, so you, yes, you, you, you're, you're right, Sally. Um, when I started out some 20, 20 plus years ago, there were very few, if any, uh, in particular, senior female role models in corporate law who looks like me yes um you know and and for that reason I, I really can't overstate the value of role models um and indeed internal and external network support in, yes. in navigating 
a legal career in, in a sort of demanding and dynamic environment um, like the city. Absolutely. And did you have a mentor at all? Well, not not in my junior years, no. Um, I I would say that I've I've had some supports and guidance in in my career, but I would definitely have benefited early on from from having senior mentorship. Yes. Not least because of you know the opportunity to share and learn from others. You know those who have navigated the same path. And, and, and it's for that reason that I have to commend the work that you do, Sally, with founding uh, and leading women in the law, um, providing career support to, to countless women in, in the profession. And this is a really useful resource, particularly for those who are starting out. Thank you. Um, I was wondering, actually, just on that point, you, you were attracted to the financial world, um, but again, a very male-dominated environment. Uh, were there times you felt like your voice wasn't uh, being heard well um yes i mean i i, I you know why why was i attracted to, to the financial world yeah I, I would say from from a young age I, i've always been fascinated by how the city works yes um you know the financial systems the nuts and bolts that drive the economy and indeed the the, the global economy and that was the initial attraction then um, uh, uh, back then, and, and, and then I got the, the bug for practicing law, and um, uh, and now I enjoy both worlds as 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 a finance lawyer. And you know, yes, I do hear what you say. It is a male-dominated environment, but yes, and that doesn't perception. make it any. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but that doesn't make it any any less interesting no. or, or attractive. And and the financial markets and and the practice area into which I qualified, uh, which is capital markets has become more diverse over the years. But but dare I say it, it still has some way to go yes. in, in terms of female representation in, in, in senior roles. Um, and, you know, in, in terms of having my voice heard or, or feeling as though uh, my, my voice isn't heard, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, as you know, Sally, I, I've been championing and, and advocating for greater diversity uh, in Absolutely. the profession for some 10 years or more yes um and in that you know with with a particular focus on on ethnic diversity yes. um and uh, as chair and, and now co-sponsor of Linklater's fame net network we had achieved a number of successes with the network certainly in terms of recruitment but we really struggled with you know internal traction and engagement with senior management on issues of, of race and ethnicity yes it, it seemed that the you know the ethnicity strand was not really a priority and the focus was more on social mobility. Yes. And somehow, you know, that there was a, a conflation of the two strands, ethnicity and social mobility. No one really wanted to talk about race. Yes. And at that time, I felt that my voice on this issue wasn't being heard. And, you know, it, perseverance, of course, is, is the key, which is sort of like a second, second name. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and helped by some really heavyweight reports on race in the workplace, yes. uh, including, you know, the, the race disparity audit, which was a, a, a government uh, research piece, and, and the McGregor-Smith review. Yes. Um, and thankfully, uh, as I'm sure you've observed, race is now firmly on the diversity agenda, Absolutely. certainly at, at our firm. And we're seeing positive change. You know, it's, it's, it's slow. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, most recently with, with the launch uh, at, at Linklaters of a BAME talent development programme. 
which is fan- absolutely fantastic. Um, just before we move on to find out more about um, the Black Solicitors Network and diverse league tables, uh, I understand that many years ago you were especially advised that you would never make the grade, but yeah. you're a black woman. I mean, how did you react to that? I know how I would react, but maybe yes. uh, our reactions may be slightly different. Um, yes. I mean, did you, do you think you had to work differently or think differently to your sort of your male-wide uh, colleagues when that comment and observation advice came, which is yeah, appalling? It, uh, yes, Sally. I, I think that's, that certainly sums it, sums it up, really. It, it, it was appalling. But I, I, was, I was disappointed, really, to hear that, that this was said of my my dream and, and my ambition to, to pursue a legal career and in particular in the city. The individual in question had, had made this remark to, to a colleague of mine, not thinking that um, the colleague would would tell me. Um, yes, they never and, do. And he'd said, mm. um, and yes, <laughs> and he'd said, and, and, and you know, he's the lawyer himself as well, that, um, that there were two reasons why I, Paulette, wouldn't, wouldn't make it or, or or would seriously struggle to do so. Um, one, she's female, and two, she's black. But you know, I I don't know about you, uh, Sally, well. but I'm I'm negatively motivated. Yes. And, you know, if you say I can't do something, then uh, it becomes my determination to prove that statement, and in this case, this individual wrong. You Absolutely. Know, to, 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 to really work hard and, and just strive to be the best that I could be against even those odds. Yes. And, um, you know, th- thankfully, a, a year later, um, I was offered and accepted a training contract with Linklaters and, 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 and the rest is history. Ab- absolutely. So tell us now then about Black Solicitors Network. So, yeah. Just a bit I mean, more about the work of yes. Black Solicitors Network and your involvement yes. because you're, you are chair. Yes, that's 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 right. So the Black Solicitors Network, which I've chaired just for the past two years, was founded over 20 years ago and is committed to the recruitment, retention and progression of black lawyers right across England and Wales. Um, And I became a member in 2005. And, you know, it took me a while. I, I qualified in 1997. Um, <laughs> I did want to comment, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> didn't, have, didn't have a mentor as such and was just feeling my way uh, around the system, uh, actually. But I, I discovered BSN in 2005. And then in 2008, I led an initiative to create the City Branch of the Black Solicitors Network. Yes. And um, this initiative was conceived in the midst of a challenging economic environment. As you can remember, the financial uh, crisis, um, there were widespread uh, redundancies. And and we were acutely aware of the challenges facing city lawyers, in particular BME lawyers. So there there was no question that a support network of this nature was needed. BSN's Citigroup's core core mission is to focus on the needs of and and issues affecting black corporates and commercial lawyers practicing in and around the city 
and uh, Canary Wharf. And, and the group has grown exponentially um, yes. since it started from about 40 people, which are, you know, including myself, a few mates and others that we reached out to, to, to around 400. And, as, and you're uh, in Manchester as well, aren't you? Yes, we are. Well, that's that's the BSN on a sort of national level. Yes. Um, the, the BSN membership is in the region of about 4,000 at the moment. Wow. And, uh, you know, we have region-specific groups. Uh, as you know, Manchester has been established for some years now and it was relaunched in 2016. Carl Blackburn uh, is the chair there and I know Sally you've been extremely supportive and re really do appreciate your help and support in that region. Absolutely. Um, and, and also we have BSN Midlands um, which, uh, which is uh, uh, fairly active and we're looking to re-energise the efforts there in Birmingham. Wonderful. And of course, you know, we have BSN South. So, you know, it's, it's a nat national network um, with an extensive platform oh. of uh, initiatives and events supporting those looking to enter the profession and those looking to progress uh, within it. And so do you think that uh, well, two questions, really. Do you think things have improved since its formation? And, and do you think that BSN is still needed? In the same way as, you know, one asks all the time, are gender-specific organisations like yes. Women in the Law UK and yes. others still needed? So in, in response to your question, have things in, in improved in the 20-plus years since... Uh, BSN started. Yes, I, I think things have improved. The proportion of BAME, uh, Black, Asian and minority ethnic individuals entering the legal profession has almost doubled in yes. 10 years. In 2006, Great. around 10% of the trainee cohort, cohort were, um, were BAME individuals. And in 2016, some 10 years later, uh, BAME individuals accounted for 20%. Of, of trainee trainee solicitors, and I think this is commendable. Yes, and, absolutely. And it can actually be described as representative of the proportion of BAME comprised within the UK population. Of course, you know when you look at the city, it's 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 uh, more diverse. Yes, um, it is. But certainly, the wider UK, I think. BAME individuals make up some 14 or so percent of the population. So that, that is a commendable progress. And to your point or question as to whether networks such as uh, the Black Solicitors Network is needed, I, I would say yes. Yes. As several times over. Retention and progression for, for BME lawyers remains a critical issue. And it's, it's the same for, for gender, yes. I'm sure. And, and so in stark contrast to the number of BAME candidates entering the profession is the representation at the top, at the partner level. And um, what BSN's Diversity League table has revealed in its survey is that the levels of attrition for BAME as we move up the professional ladder are worryingly high and actually mean that only 8% of partners are BAME and you know in the 10-year period of our study the, the diversity league table progress at the top has been painstakingly low yes. from three percent in 2006 to just eight percent and those of African and African Caribbean origin comprise just one percent of partners in large uh, large law firms and, and that's that's the current state of play with senior BAME representation. And the challenge here is that we have a massively leaky pipeline, which leads to a dearth 
of BAME senior leaders. Yes, uh, which is worrying. So, yes, we are still needed. Now, I, I want to ask you um, about what advice you would give a, long, a young lawyer today, perhaps, and, uh, and then specifically advice on longevity and progression in the law. Have you got any very quick tips? This is, this is probably more in the vein of advice I would give to my younger self. Yes, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> so, we, we all need that. God, I do. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I would stress the importance of taking responsibility for your own development. You know, I thought I had worked hard at securing a training contract and that provided I applied myself and worked hard, you know, head down, I would climb the greasy career pole. Progression would just happen naturally. Well, that's what I thought. And indeed, that was the work ethic that my parents drummed into me. But I have come to realise that progression is driven by several factors. Some individuals are fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. They've been prepared and highly favoured, and so they're promoted. And then there's the rest of us. Yes. The hard truth for me was the need to recognise and understand what it takes to drive your career forward. And I've learned that you need hard technical skills to land the job, but you need soft skills to progress your career. Seeking out those stretch assignments, you know, client and business development opportunities, networking internally and and externally. That is how you you build career capital. And, and that would, that's that's a message to my uh, younger self um, yeah. and, and, and to, to, to the junior lawyers coming through. And in terms of uh, advice for longevity, one might say, well, you know, I put one foot in front of the other and hope for the best. Um, but <laughs> um, seriously, uh, in addition to, to the advice to my younger self, I mean, I, I have three maxims that, that have driven me in my career thus far. You know, yes. in terms of, you know, my craft, getting your profile out there, and professional relationships. It's be committed, be consistent and be courageous. Excellent. I'm going to remember that. That's, that's fantastic <laughs> advice. And for you, how have you maintained a work-life balance? You work hard, mm. you're in the city, you're in a sector yes. that is very busy, complicated. Because as as all we all women, you know, we, we struggle to try and find that. I just wondered if you could share with us some of your sort of well-being. Yes. Um, um, well, it's 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 not easy, uh, as as you rightly point out, Sally. Sally um, as, the, as the working environment is quite demanding. I have worked flexibly by working from home one day a week for, for a number of years, which helps me to connect with my family and yes. helps me maintain some form of equilibrium in my life. I also play tennis badly uh, <laughs> at the weekend as, as the means of escapism from the pressure of, of, of work. Which is really, really good. Now, I love the this questions I always ask. Um, I want to find out a bit more about your favourite fictional lawyer. Uh, and then I want to find out about your favourite book and then maybe a quote that you live by. So in that order. OK. Um, <laughs> who's your favourite fictional lawyer? Mine's Rumpole. I have several really? now, actually. Yeah, I've got several. <laughs> the more I do these podcasts, I'm like, oh, why didn't I think about that? Um, some people say Elle Woods um, from Legally Blonde. But I, I wondered if you oh, had wow. one to share. Okay. Yeah, so this is funny. Um, so, um, favourite fictional character? Jessica Pearson. Oh, I like managing, it. Managing partner in the law firm featured in the suits. I don't know if you've ever watched that. I have, uh, mainly because my yes. husband's a huge fan. 
<laughs> but I've grown so, to yes, love it. It's, it's, <laughs> so it's a series with Meghan Markle. Yes. Um, so, I mean, Jessica Pearson is formidable. She's strong. She's talented. And she's gorgeous. Um, yeah. So, so, so yeah, she's, she's one of my favourites. My second favourite is a bit kooky. It's Ali McBeal. Am I allowed to have two? Uh, we'll, let, we'll let you off. <laughs> So long as you answer the the last two questions. Okay, um, Ali Ali McBeal is um, she's she's one of my favourites. It's 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 a comedy drama TV series, and she's quite crazy. And she's had she has these random hallucinations at work, yes, yes. like the time where that she just visualised a funny dancing baby on a meeting room table. You know, if you in a meeting, you know, you close, close your eyes for a few seconds and imagine the sort of dancing baby on, on the table. It just helps you to mellow yes. um so so yeah <laughs> fantastic oh gosh you know we're all laughing in the studio here including uh, my wonderful producer sam walker um she's trying to c- contain her laughter um and, and have you got a book that's changed you so there was there was a book that i read some time ago called who moved my cheese I, I I don't know if you've uh, you've I come haven't. across. Sam, Sam's nodding. I'm writing it down to read because it just sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So so it's called Who Moved My Cheese, and it's by Spencer Johnson. And cheese is a metaphor for what you want to have in your life, what will make you happy. And of course, you know, when circumstances take it away, if you imagine that you're a little mouse, and that cheese, um, you know, these things that you want in your life um, have been taken away. Um, different people deal with that change in different ways. Um, and, and and this book, actually, fairly short book uh, um, and quite funny in places, it, it's, it's actually enabled me to be a bit more open-minded and yes. adaptable in, in dealing with um, changing times. So, yeah, I'd recommend it. Fantastic. That's a read. And uh, I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be straight on there. There'll be at Women in the Law Book Club soon. Uh, so finally, have you got a quote that um, you live your life by or a meaningful one that perhaps you could share with us? The one that I have sort of stuck on my desk and um, I, can't, I can't remember who the quote is, is by, but it, it says something like, real joy comes from a grateful heart. Oh, Yes, so it, it just prompts you to, when things are not going according to plan or you're beset with challenges, <clears throat> just take a moment to just assess what you have yeah. um, and realise, you know, that that actually is, is, uh, is, is something that can bring you real joy. You know, what you've achieved, uh, what you've overcome, family, uh, and that can bring you joy, just, you know, having that sense of gratitude. Absolutely. about what you have and where you are. Thank you so much to Paulette Maston. You can find out more about her work at linklaters.com and more about the Black Solicitors Network, BSN, at blackslistersnetwork.co.uk. I am Sally Penny. Thank you so much again for listening to this special episode of Talking Law. Do let us know what you think and perhaps who you would like to hear on future episodes by leaving us a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you subscribe, you won't miss an episode. Until then, do check in and see what we're up to at womeninthelawuk.com. This is a What Goes On media production for Women in the Law UK. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.